Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Ali and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. We're recording today in at Range mm-hmm. in their conference room. Yes, very nice. It's very nice, and we have a little bar set up, and yes, we have our right. margaritas. Because why? Pizza. Because we're because celebrating. Because we're celebrating. It's our <laughs> 75th episode. It is. Yay. And, and we are taking a break after this episode to enjoy the holidays and come of reboot and get ready for the spring because it is our hiatus it is because sometimes we need a break, we need a break. sometimes <laughs> we need a break you're probably tired of hearing us anyway so right we're actually we no, have a blast no way they could be tired no of hearing us. we're having so much fun and while we're on hiatus we're gonna go down to boise mm-hmm. and go celebrate Allie's big award oh yeah she Woo-hoo! won the governor's award for administrative excellence excellence yes in the arts in the arts and that's you Allie shoot administration yeah something like that it's a mouthful I know anyway you won it excited it's very exciting so we're gonna have a fun time we're gonna go down Mm. to Boise for a couple of days and uh you know Yep, my husband and I are getting to fly down, all expenses paid trip, which is pretty exciting. Um, But I'm going to dump him and make him fly home by himself so I can stay um, one more night and drive home with you guys the next day. It'll be fun. Yeah, we're excited. We're going to have fun. It'll be great. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. I and I haven't been to Boise and actually played. I've really? only been there and oh, auditioned. Boise is so fun. I'm, yeah. I'm so you guys will have to show me around the place. Well, we'll do that. I'm excited. Yeah. You know what else I'm excited for? What? Talking to Michael Kep. Me too. We <laughs> Our guest today is Michael Kep, who mm-hmm. has written a trilogy, but also then wrote a book that I call a book bit of a love story Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of things that he loves in it and it's it's so, it is so well written. It did not take me long to read it. So welcome, Michael. Hi. Welcome, welcome back. Yes. Hi, guys. <laughs> we so love this book. Here. We loved it. I loved it. I read it in uh, less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I did. Well, when I love a book, it, it doesn't take me long. So the the title I have found really intriguing. I love it. It's called Gigmentia. Mm-hmm. And it is a, a little bit about or a lot about the gigs that Michael has played with the bands and the fact that he's met so many people and and as you know it's like this it's like this thing that happens to you that you meet so many people after a while you things start to run together and bit of a blur right but it's also kind of ties into the fact that his mother was diagnosed with dementia yes so it's, yeah yeah it's really cool connected Piece. So well, thank you. I'm really I'm delighted that you uh, you're enjoying it. I um, what's what's exciting is and kind of vexing all at the same time is it doesn't come out until March. 
oh, next really? year. And it comes wow. out the day before my mother's birthday, which is exciting. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were lucky enough to get advanced reader copies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it says not for sale. So It does say but not we for have sale. Them. But we have them. But we're selling it in advance. <laughs> <laughs> we're pre-selling. Well, we, we are writers and artists. We can use all the help we can get. That's, that's right. So that's, the, that's the big trick right there. For sure. Well, tell us a little bit about this book. Um, I love the fact that you write all the time, that you just have uh, a journal, that you keep track of things. Yeah. What what made you write this book? Um, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't set out to write mm-hmm. a book, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have. I've, I've journaled since I was very young, uh, you know, almost every day. But for the most part, I'm, I'm writing something down and, and keeping bullet points. And, you know, I had mm-hmm. a friend, uh, uh, ultimately, I started writing... Um, just in narrative form so I would write stories you know with mm-hmm. full paragraphs and that's really long to mm-hmm. do that but mm-hmm. I I fell into that habit later in life when I was doing a lot of rock touring I had a, a dear friend named Dave who taught me how to bullet point I, I watched how he would do it and he would in his journal he would just write down the, the little bits and pieces you know bullet point the day's weather and you know what happened really quickly and mm-hmm. sometimes he would garnish it with color or um, a smell or a taste you know so that perhaps later he would go back and maybe turn it into a narrative piece I don't mm-hmm. know that he ever did mm-hmm. but I adopted that later and and made it for made it to be really great stuff to, to feed off of if I'm going to start to write but mm-hmm. um I had always wanted to keep track of moments as a musician, the kind of musician that I am. So the book begins talking about how this isn't a story of, you know, gold records and it's not right. Wembley Stadium and it's not sold out shows, and um, but more about really what it's like to be a, a blue collar musician mm-hmm. and to take uh, yourself out into the most bizarre shows uh places to play in backyards and in on concert stages and in bars where there's three drunk guys in the back and um (laughs) people's living rooms and restaurants and um every one of these places being different and having to sort of figure out a way to be able to entertain Mm -hmm. uh and so as i was thinking about this i i in 2018, I had a, a book that I was trying to finish called The Shape of Rain, which is the third of the, the trilogy. Right. And I thought, you know, I, I, I'm just going to keep track of this summer festival of shows. So it's like 50 shows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to take a journal to every every show, and I'm going to write down and keep track of those memories and try to see everything I can see. Mm-hmm. And slowly... I realized that I was paying attention to things that I was would ordinarily miss. Really? So then it became an extra exercise of what I lamely call um, paying attention to the mundane. I think mm-hmm. much smarter people than me would call it being present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But I was trying to pay attention to the things that didn't seem to matter most of the time. You know, all of us have our jobs and we forget the co- you know what our coffee mug looks like in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that. As you're sitting and you're just trying to come out of the stupor of sleep and you look at your coffee mug and you don't really notice it. But this was the time for me to notice those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I found that the more and more I did, it, to me, it became very 
sort of poetic. There was a lot of real beauty there. Um, even the tree in our front yard. I Shri, love it. Shri and I have a tree. That Walter. Yeah, Walter. <laughs> I love that your yeah. car has a name. The I tree know. has a name. Yeah. Everything has a name. That, that, that's beautiful. Yeah, there's I little love bits that. and pieces that, you know, we just character, you know, personifying certain things that, you know, mm-hmm. Michael and I would, would talk about Finn a lot and my son and... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so as I was doing that, as I was collecting all of these memories and all these moments um, and really trying to be disciplined about it, my mother uh, was diagnosed with frontal frontal temporal uh, dementia. I think mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I found this really strange juxtaposition or this irony where I'm collecting moments and she's shedding them. Right. Yeah. So everything that I'm trying to remember, I'm watching her slowly disappear. Uh, and then after her passing, of course, I, I, I had to try to figure out how to grieve Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure how to do that. Um, Mom had been ill for a a long time in her life with depression, as the book says, Mm -hmm, and and depression and other physical maladies. And when she was gone, uh, it took me some time to try to figure out how to say goodbye. Um, Until that one day, after Shape of Rain had come out, that I went back and looked at these notes and said, "Ah, (laughs) I I need to go back into these memories. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of my grieving process. So, you know, I think you're right in some ways. I've never termed it as a love story, but I think it is a love love song to my mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But also to your bandmates. Oh, indeed. Chris and and Carrie. Carrie. Chris and Mm -hmm. Carrie, Um, And uh, your partner, Cherie. Cherie, yes. And Michael, your son. Yes. And I, I found all of those stories just absolutely engaging and and the connection that you were able to make with all the stories and coming back to your mom you know just I I don't know just it all fit Mm -hmm. well thanks you know I I I became fascinated with memory the idea of memory and what memory is I mean ultimately right memory is uh, how we make some sense of our lives it's it puts our lives in context you know Mm -hmm. we can remember the things we want we can forget the things we want and that seems really strange when we think in narrative terms right because Mm -hmm. we we, when we think about our past we think about some memory we have we're only going to remember certain parts of it certain pieces of it that's going to tell a story of where we are right now Mm -hmm. I, i like to think of like perhaps something that I've regretted or something you may have regretted. Mm -hmm. You're going to remember the thing that suits your present, right? Mm -hmm, right. But it seems like the older we get and the more that we grow, we can look at those memories and look at that little painful scar, that little thorn in there and see it differently. Suddenly we have a different empathy. Now the memory has shifted again somehow. Well, maybe I wasn't supposed to be that big of a jerk <laughs> you know instead but the, yeah. for the last eight years you've been justifying exactly right. no no i was right on this <laughs> you know and memory thus changes you know mm-hmm. uh historians uh, you know it's, uh, there's this old uh, adage something about uh those that win the battles write the histories right well mm-hmm. does that mean that's true you yeah know? and so those you know I, I just became fascinated with the idea of what is memory and and how does it define who we are and and how we behave and and mm-hmm. you know even all the way back to trauma that we've experienced when we were kids or right how we that carries forward and it and it informs our prejudices and our fears our joys mm-hmm. 
more recently, I've been uh, looking at this uh, this strange computer we hold in our hand every day the these right. cell phones and i don't i'm sure all of us have done that but you've looked at your pictures you know you look at your pictures mm-hmm. and you can just thumb through memories when you've taken pictures why you've taken pictures you can remember certain pieces and parts you can even go in and edit those pictures mm-hmm. to certain things you want to see or make it a sepia tone memory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you get a right. chance to edit your memories. The way you see it's, it. It's just Which fascinating. Is, yeah. That is fascinating. So uh, all of that sort of played into this idea of gigmentia, this mm-hmm. this thought of what I can remember. Can I pay attention? Can I pay close enough attention to everything that's happening in front of me? Right. And I realized it's just impossible. It, it's just uh, impossible. Right. Um, it, was, it was a great exercise to try that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think you did a great job. Yeah, the, thank you. Um, the stories that you tell and those little clips that you insert in the book that actually came from your journal, I thought were yeah. br- were brilliant because mm-hmm. it just takes you back to that and helps you live that with you, which was really fun for well, me. Well, and the people you meet along the way and, and the stories you tell, you've met some amazing people and just right? and worked with amazing people. And the experiences that you've had... Um, just, I mean, just 50 performances in, in the festival scene. That, right. That's a lot. That's in, a lot. And just the, the life of gigging mm-hmm. is not an easy life. And that yeah. <laughs> Well, and finding out how difficult it is and how physical it is to actually play the drum. I was <laughs> like, think I about was the blown blood. Away. The blood the on blood. the cymbals. Right. And I was like, he's bleeding again. <laughs> I was like, he's, he's not bleeding bandy. again. I'll be watching your hands I from know. now on. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I dated a few drummers. I don't think they ever played that hard, but they (laughs) bled. I mean, maybe they just weren't that good. I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. (laughs) I don't know that bleeding denotes uh, greatness. Uh, Certainly not. Um, But I don't know. I'm wondering. In fact, many many drummers might actually say quite the opposite. You're hitting too hard. Relax back there, Maybe you're just in. in, You're into it so much. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, uh, I do play with a certain amount of passion, um, but of course, much of that comes from my bandmates. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, both Christopher and Carrie are such remarkable humans and beautiful people and um, fraught with their own unique uh, mm-hmm. issues and problems and joys and, you know, their families. They've got, they could write their own gigmentia right. uh, mm-hmm. really easily. And it was interesting to have to bring the book to them and share it and have to say, okay, yeah, what do you Here, think? Well, as we were talking about memory a moment ago, here's my memory. Yeah, what's your you know? take on this? <laughs> here's, here's what I recall. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, when I when I did take it to them, they, they had some things to say. They In fact, they helped me fill in some blanks of some areas. Um, that's good. Oh, that's uh, great. Corrected me with some names, just as, uh, you know, good fellow artists should, you know, make sure that you're, you know, dotting the I's and crossing mm-hmm. the T's. Right. Um, but there was one area in the book where um, I had to talk about that it's not always we're, we're not always the best of friends I mean we truly are we're brothers right mm-hmm. but like brothers we're going to fight from time to time right so I had to include at least one particular altercation which is yes. in the book mm-hmm. and um, I singled Christopher out because you know he's a passionate thoughtful <laughs> leader kind of guy and yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. if, if Carrie and I don't you know buck up against him a little bit you know, what fun is that right mm-hmm. um, 
but I, I believe in the first draft I was a little pointed. I think I, I think the edge was a little there, and I li- had him read it, and it was so funny. He looked at me and goes, "Well, I don't remember it quite like." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, of course you don't." Of course. <laughs> so I, I, you know, as a uh, as a good band, bandmate should, I let him speak his side, and then I I uh, tempered it slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, That's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of fun. I like the fact that you included a story about what you imagined the fight to be before, yes. before you actually described what actually happened. Yeah, that <laughs> was what that you, was funny. You saw actually yeah. happen. Well, it, it's what it feels like from time to time. Yeah, uh-huh. um, it was very fun. When when we have arguments, you, well, you know, when you have an argument with anyone you love, it it always it's hellish yeah and you don't want to be there and, right. you, and you struggle to figure out why you're yeah. there you know yeah how know. did we get here at right. least that's my that my approach to it i don't right yeah hey y'all it's jason from tubs coffee roasters we are north idaho's specialty coffee roaster we are homegrown and we are local we love coffee and we love our community especially ally and callie in our cast We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at TubsCoffeeRoasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. So um, this kind of leads us into um, the fighting. It's play fighting, but you and your son, Michael, break into spontaneous sword fighting yes. from time to time. And I, I, I gathered from the book that he's getting much better at it. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's 14 now. <laughs> oh, wow. And he is a force to be reckoned with. In <laughs> fact, much of our, our sparring or fencing now, we, are in, we have to wear armor. Oh, oh, wow. Literal armor, because I, it's gotten to a point where, you know, he knows that I won't, yeah, I won't thwack him up the side of the head, right? Right. <laughs> he knows that I won't, but mm-hmm. he's taking chances now that if it were some sort of competitive sword fight, he would get thwacked up the side of the yeah. head. So it's it's that point where the dad, the father cub, or the father has to smack the cub a little bit. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but he's a tremendous, uh, a tremendous fencer. Wow. Um, and he's had a sword in his hand since he was one. Wow. I mean, we've wow. been doing just little sword fighting, mm-hmm. and it's just become kind of an adventure um, where I'll be sitting at my desk and working, and uh, for example, I'd get up and go use the restroom, and then I'd come back, and there'd be a sword leaning up against my desk, and I'd know, <laughs> okay, I know what's coming next. Time, time for a sword fight. Yeah, it's time for a sword fight, and I'll tell you what, it's wonderful for, it's for a writer who's seated most of the time and you time know to get, get up get your get yeah. your body up and get moving and right and get a little creative and that's great uh, but yes it's it's um so they're not as spontaneous anymore because if you have to stop and put the armor on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that being said there are there uh, at 14 well 14's happened um right, that, yeah. that boyish spirit sort of uh, transfigures into something else, um, <laughs> right? But we do still fence from time to time, and uh, and when we do get very serious, it it is the full armor and it's full contact steel weapons, and mm, wow. it's an enormous amount of fun. That's great. An enormous wow. amount of fun. The first uh, the first time I even realized that you did sword sword fighting was at I think it was your first or second book launch. It was at yeah, the yeah. old Wiggets building. Oh yes, and there was sword fighting there, oh, and that but, was. That was like, I I I'm I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I think I understand what that's all about. Um, I, I've always had a flair for the theatrical, and and um, uh, I, I thought it, it, every book launch has been a scene from the books. Mm-hmm. So every every launch was uh, some sort of pivotal moment. Uh, in in the ver- the first book launch was a, a snapshot or, of the Uffizi where uh, Basil Fenn. I'd, it takes his own life. Right. Uh, the second one was uh, part of the uh, a section in Leaves of Fire where, you know, again, the Shape of Rain was the masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. And tried to just throw those little scenes in there just because it's, it's fun. fun. Because it it's fun. fun. And yeah. I, I, I am blessed to be surrounded by some friends and other uh, imaginative people that are just so fun and and you just throw that kernel out and they can turn it on you yeah know? Mm-hmm. they just gather and they gather gather all their creative sensibilities and can do some fun stuff that way so mm-hmm. um really blessed to have those people in the book you talk about the is it the bea is that book expo america yeah, yeah. now that's not happening anymore no it's not happening anymore <laughs> and i love the stories though that you told from that and the experience you had with andreas and when you took your your partner's with you yes and that you met this wonderful gentleman oh yeah chicken, chicken delicious chicken delicious maybe you could tell us just a little bit about chicken absolutely delicious. oh my gosh that was the first part that made me cry <laughs> i well, loved it um what a character as it says in gigmentia uh, my publisher andreas john and i uh just decided that uh, one one we, we went to this book book expos in New York City in Manhattan mm-hmm. it takes place at the Javits Center and it's a city of book vendors yeah mm-hmm. I mean it is so big it's hard to get your head around right every book uh, any anything and any anyone anything to do with books is there and so we go, of course, to take our books and try to hold up a flag amid like, all that chaos and say, hey, right. we're over here. And, yeah. you know, and the people are walking by and they don't <laughs> there. Nevertheless, the evenings were a blast because after the show closes, you're in New York City. So what are a couple of fellas to do? Right. And so we uh, found ourselves, you know, on the street walking a lot. And one evening we come up, um, I want to say it's on the south, uh, it's on the east side. I don't remember so long ago, but we found a restaurant called Mimi's, mm-hmm. walked in, and we were looking for a great Italian restaurant, and what do we see in the window but red checkered uh, tablecloths and candles, and there it is, and it mm-hmm. had just so happened to be on 52nd Street, mm-hmm. 52nd Street being uh, a Billy Joel Billy record Joel, that right I there. love yep. Billy Joel so well, and, and the drummer <laughs> Liberty DeVito. Um, <laughs> huge fan of liberty uh we find ourselves sitting at walk in and there's a piano bar and there's this man that doesn't look terribly healthy um he's uh, bald very pale not really overweight just looking a little sickly but um the kindest eyes you'll ever see um we of course didn't see his face for a couple three songs because right when we walked in he had a bag over his head with two <laughs> holes and he's singing a song. Oh my God! As the evening went on, he he played anything and everything that we wanted. Any particular thought that you may have from a New York piano bar came true that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was either that or the scotch. <laughs> it was either that or the scotch and how I'm trying to reconstruct the memory again. Yeah. Right. But it's, it was warm and wonderful. And chicken 
had this sort of drawl. He talked sort of like this mm-hmm. and said, oh, hello, Andreas. <laughs> would you like to touch my organ, Andreas? <laughs> he would do that. I love it. It was wonderful. And, oh, wow. uh, and then between songs, uh, we got the opportunity to talk with him and, and uh, he had a real um, otherworldly perspective. Uh, had a very supernatural, um, magical quality about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sort of a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of had his finger on on the pulse of of some of the. Uh, um, um, I don't want to say a cult, but he mm-hmm. he certainly had you know. He was from down south, wasn't he? He was from the south. Yeah, so he's he was from he's the got south. that. Yeah, that little draw. Yeah. So it was really exciting to meet him, and and of course everybody that that you know we took Cherie and and um, Michelle uh, mm-hmm. Andreas's wife there, and and we all had a ball that night, and Cherie and him just immediately kicked off and mm-hmm. just had a blast together. That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. But and he I remembered think it's fun you. That he remembered you. Yes, he did. That's what. That was really exciting. That's the best really part exciting. is that you know years later he remembers you. Yeah. yeah. And we talked a little bit about that Gigmentia ideas. I stood back and thought how on earth could you remember us mm-hmm. you know there's nothing terribly special about us and yes we're just probably more tourists that come in and ooh and ah that we're sitting in the same room with you we're so excited to be in the city and mm-hmm. you know that energy yeah. that you get yeah and i he remembered and that ultimately is where the title comes from gigmentia um i could share that it's uh it's a play on the word gig, mm-hmm. which is a slang for jazz musicians, you know, used to call it, it's short for engagement. Mm-hmm. And then right. mencha, which is uh, Latin of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. So you jam them together. Um, but the title, the name wasn't mine. It was actually Carrie. Mm-hmm. And uh, forgive me, Carrie, if you're listening to this, because uh, I hope I tell the story right. But he was in Oakland in the airport waiting to get on a plane and a woman walked up to him and just started talking to him. Hi, Carrie, how have you been? Oh, the last time I saw the rub, it was just so wonderful. You guys played so well. And Carrie looks at her and just, okay, I, I think I know who you are. I, I'm per- oh, gosh, you look kind of familiar. And she's talking, she's bringing up all these, de- and you played that song and, oh, and I remember the pants you were wearing. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? <laughs> and, and poor Carrie, and he's, he's listening and he's nodding and, he, and he's trying to be polite. And then finally he just reaches out and sort of puts his hand on, his, on her arm and says, you know, I'm so sorry. What was your name again? Yeah. And the woman was a little put off by uh. it. Well, what do you mean? Uh. Like, and he, and, and he goes, oh, gosh, please don't be upset. I, I'm sorry. I have gigmentia. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. And he told me that story when I was in the middle of writing this. And I thought, oh, oh, so I perfect. think that's got to be the title. <laughs> yeah, <book."> right. <laughs> I know. It has to be the it, title of the book. And it's nothing personal. It's just from time to time. You just can't remember no. faces in it. And um, I'm pretty good at it. Christopher's fantastic at, at mm. remembering people. Um, but mm. that's just the way his mind works. Yeah, He's some people can do it. So very, <laughs> yeah. very sharp that way oh wow yeah i know i get it i i met so many people especially since um i started this job and um i don't remember names very well anymore i used to be so good at it now i'll always remember a face sure yeah i'm um, the same way i can face that'll happen with sheree and i from time to time we'll be out and and we'll be out in the uh in a grocery store and um somebody will walk up and we'll have a talk for a second and, and 
I I know that I've met that person and mm-hmm. and who was that? I'm like, Ugh. yeah, mm-hmm. it happened. I can't. Yeah. Mm. Art mentia. I have art mentia. <laughs> art mentia. I have acting mentia. I think mentia. I just have mentia. <laughs> I have people come up to me and go, oh, we were in a show together. I go, oh, oh. really? <laughs> For such yeah. a seasoned veteran, though, like like Chicken Delicious, though. That's such amazing. Such an incredible talent. That mm-hmm. that just that blew all yeah. of us away. And yeah. I mean, in a city of it New York size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To sure. be remembered. That is uh, that is an amazing feat. I thought feat. that was pretty It was impressive. a great yeah. story. Another Another story, a uh, great story that um, I've heard you tell numerous times, but I want you to tell it again, and that is um, as bookman in the grocery store. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Those are, I mean, those are some of the funniest stories. <laughs> yeah, so um, when I had, when my first book was out, uh, we decided that I was and still am so genuinely enthusiastic about the material it's hard to get a book into the marketplace and yeah. it's hard to make people understand that you know what what it really means to write a book mm-hmm. and it, especially if you want it to be successful um, a friend of mine once told me there are 3,000 books that are released into the marketplace every single day right. So when you start to do the math and you, You're like, it's, it's insane. So you wonder, gosh, how do how does a book actually become beloved? You know, and uh, and any author would love for their book to become beloved. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it than just the contents of the book. Obviously, the book has to have some merit and it has to be good. But right. you also want to have a really high flag. And then these words like publicity come mm-hmm. in. <laughs> these right. words like yeah. promotion come <laughs> in. And then um, you know, street. Teams and whatever else, um, but in the early days, back in uh, when the first book came out, um, we thought, well, let's just start to generate some sales and let's just get on the street and do some real guerrilla kind of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we connected with a distributor that distributed our book into grocery stores all throughout the North Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And they said, listen, we would love to distribute your books into all the grocery stores, everywhere, all the way from Montana over to Seattle, down into Oregon. And that's a, a, that's a significant yeah. front row seat. Oh, absolutely. And with that, our uh, connection there, our, uh, our distributor said, you know, it would really help sales too if you just set up a little bit of a tour. You went to these grocery stores and stood in the grocery store and talked to people about your book and just, mm-hmm. you know, you made yourself present. Yeah. Yes, it's, 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 it's just not a really great spot no. to be selling a book. But I am I was dumb enough to say, well, no, 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 no. I, it's not that, yes, I was dumb enough. No. <laughs> I essentially just said, you know, I'm going to just go try this. And, and so we, we, set up a bit of a tour. It was about a two and three month thing where I was in three and four grocery stores a week mm-hmm. uh, all over the Northwest. And I would go in and I would set up this cool little table uh, with leather and my quill and ink because the books have this sort of medieval flair. And I would stand there with a book in my hand and maybe a bookmark or a, a flat of what we call it, which is this little piece, piece of uh, paper that would talk about the book. And I'd hand them out and I'd just talk with people. Mm-hmm. And the people you meet, 
<laughs> there, there, Gigmentia talks about a few of these things, but one, one, one that has always stuck with me was uh, a, a woman coming by and uh, rather short and maybe a little portly and, and not terribly dressed well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think of myself as, you know, genuinely friendly and uh, and I said hi and she sort of looked me up and down and I have long hair you know and yeah. but I, I was wearing a tie and, I, <laughs> and she looked at me and sort of sneered and I said you know do you have a book for the summer are you, are you reading for the summer and she looked at my hands and looked at the books behind me and said well m- my father m- my daddy didn't like us reading and I excuse me yeah my daddy didn't like us reading books so I swallowed and and she held my gaze in this sort of strange like that's not cool to look at me like that long that's a little freaky but I kind of looked at her and went okay but I had nothing to say I I didn't know what what to say what do you say right yeah and I think I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry? I'm sorry. Uh, she said, yeah, nothing good comes of it. <laughs> okay. So then two of her kids jumped on the cart and they strolled by, went down the cereal aisle. And I watched them go and, and I didn't. I mean, I think I left kind of soon after that. Just like, sort of I gotta go. Hurting in, in sort of this way that, that that's not. That's yeah, hard. You hear stories about that, but then to actually run into somebody. It's real. That, yeah. It's real. It's, it's real. crazy. There was this great comedian, Bill Hick. Mm. He had this bit. He said he was in a diner one time and he's sitting reading a book and the waitress walks up and says, what you reading for? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at now I've had a lot of questions I've had what are you reading yeah but what are you reading for <laughs> and I think his answers was something like so I be don't so I don't become a fucking waffle waitress <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm reading for. Okay. The, the, oh my the God, wonderful that's comedian so Bill Hicks. Such a oh genius. God. Wow. What you reading for? <laughs> and read? I thought of that at that moment when that happened. Yeah, you're Daddy like, didn't lack us reading books. Yeah. But I didn't. It's time to yeah. pack up the books and yeah. not, maybe not yeah. try but you know what? that day. But you know what? The, the really cool thing, the, it wasn't all negative. Because no. then, then it was 10 minutes later that you have some guy walk around the corner with this short cropped hair and these big glasses and he's carrying a bottle of wine and 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 a bag of shrimp and he says what the hell is this about yeah and you start talking to him about it and you find out that he's a you know an english it. teacher at the high school and he can't wait and he stands yeah. there and talks with you for 15 minutes and, yeah wow and it's just so you know it was a really strange thing yeah you um, just never know. You know being in bookstores is it's different obviously people are looking for books but right yeah but yeah so it was a it was an adventure to say the least <laughs> <Right. laughs> i do so remember fun. walking into the super one in post falls and i walk around the corner and there's michael with his stuff <laughs> selling his books and I think he was so happy to see me somebody he knew <laughs> will you stand here and with me for like, a minute and he will you buy one of my books and I'm like well I already have one but sure <laughs> <laughs> and I bought another one 
Oh, that's oh great. Oh, my God. It's true. That's yeah, great. It's that true. was it's, so it's fun. It's not easy. It's, it's not easy being the book man. That's right. It the is book man. The book man. I, had, I had teenagers asked if I could buy them beer one time. Oh, jeez. Oh, that well, was great. Oh and I did. Oh, no, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Just joking. Just joking. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Allie here. Hey, do you love our art cast? Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app or like us on Facebook to get notifications about some upcoming giveaways, like an official Allie and Callie mug. Our audience is growing too, and we are a great outlet for advertising. Consider being a sponsor and Callie and I will record an ad for you or help you record it yourself. Thank you for listening. Well, I want to get back to you and the bands mm-hmm. and um, and your experiences on the road. And um, there's a lot of things we have to talk to. I know. Callie, we need more time. I, I, know. I just realized you were with the DOD when I was with the DOD. You were in the DOD? I did a tour with the DOD. You're Probably not me. as long as you, but I did the South Pacific tour and for three months. Did that go up through Guam? Yeah. And yes, I did that Okinawa, exactly. For what year? Okinawa, what 1990. Year? I want to say it was... It was oh either gosh. 97 or 98. I can't remember. I was right in there. Christopher, yeah. were on, Christopher and I were on that same tour. You, you probably followed us. Oh or we gosh. followed you. Either How way. Cool is that? Yeah. Something. So that's I was wonderful. like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> we, we followed the same path. Yeah. We were a little like uh, three three women, three three men. We sang with, uh, what do you call them? Tracks. That Not, is the best. But we went to like the DMZ zone. And sure. We, we were supposed to go on the battleships, but we had a... A faulty light in our cargo plane, so we couldn't go up. So we oh. we were stuck on Guam. So Guam, we, Guam's an interesting place. Yeah, yeah. So, but actually, we were stuck in Diego Garcia. Ah, and we got to go sailing on a oh catamaran God. for two days. And oh, snorkeled. fun! We had time off. Yay. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fantastic. Anyway, so we did the same thing. I oh, had fun. I was like, oh, I have something in common. Yay! It was fun. But anyway, kite. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't even oh. know you were with kite. See, there's a lot of right. things. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. cool. And we should explain what the DOD is. Some Department people. of Defense. Right. Department of Defense, uh, uh, military, uh, MWR, uh, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation yeah. for the military. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we're the live shows that come mm-hmm. out right. and, and, and play for the troops. And yeah. it was a real right. honor to do that. It was. real mm-hmm. honor to do that. I, I remember that one of the soldiers said to you... Oh, what was it? It was so sweet. It's uh, like a piece of bringing a piece ho- of bring home. a piece of oh, home yes. to him, and I was like, oh, I so remember that having them come up to you and say, I love that song, and thank you so much. You know, we we always forget that you know those those soldiers yeah, that are out they're there. They're people. They're young and they're babies. They're yeah. yeah, and and. You know, you could see the homesickness, you know. Oh, yeah. And you could see them they just come pining. They come with tears in their home. eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and you play them a song. Yeah. And, some and of it, them of just... Of course, that it, it, it brings a memory. And yeah. it sends them right back to, to yeah. uh, you know, the only real yeah. definitive magic that we know of. Yeah. Art, right? Pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm always talking about the power of music. You yeah. know, in the elderly, amazing. it's pretty impressive oh, what it does yes. to them, too. Yeah. So, I imagine, you know, like the one soldier you talked about who came up and gave you a hug. and Yeah. Yeah. yeah this huge six five 
African-American man, just mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful, just beautiful brown eyes and huge guy mm-hmm. carrying an M60 machine gun. Yep. And this is, uh, this is during Desert Shield. Mm-hmm. So they had to be, and they had gas masks. We all had gas masks. I had to carry a gas mask. That was oh, crazy. Boy. Yeah. Um, it's some really scary moments you know, mm-hmm. being put into these places that you're going, you know, I would never tell my mom. <laughs> right. Where are you going today? Yeah. Some things <laughs> moms don't need they to don't know. Mom need didn't to know. need to know where I was going <laughs> nope. to be that day. <laughs> nope. Crazy. But then you, but we then were, you got the rubbish. We explain the rubbish. Yeah, the rubbish. Ooh. I love. You talk about the rubbish in the book. Well, the band's called the Rub, and um, why wouldn't you have a group of of close friends that love to come and see you, and and they need a name too. So <laughs> I don't know that we named them. I know that <laughs> I know that a T-shirt came out somewhere. Oh, I, none of us made it. Um, wow! But there was a rubbish T-shirt that was designed and brought into the fold. That's so um, fun. You know, this is uh, people like you know Rod and Sarah and um, Dennis and mm-hmm. uh, Doug and, and and there's there's several others. Um, and they're just they, they've been with us ever since the beginning we started you know now we're at our 15th year wow and they still come out and see us and mm-hmm. and we we always try to reserve tables for them if we can that's and, great and, or a place for them and now yeah. were they the ones that gave you the violin case no that, uh, the violin that? case the violin case is a portable bar yes that was created by my dear friends Eric and Lori Wilson out of Portland, and mm. that, that was a gift many, many years before. But sometimes when you're playing a show and you want to have a cocktail, and the the, the uh, hall is too busy to kind of go out to the bar, yeah, um, we rely on the violin case, and you open the violin case. And I there's love it. All kinds of wonderful things in there. <laughs> Some things we can't mention. No, no, um, no. In certain states, we can't mention. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's just its own portable bar. So we can just make ourselves a cocktail and and um, sit backstage or wherever we are. That's um, fun. Yeah, but then it look you know when you're walking in it looks like just, you play violin. That's right, right. Yeah. right. But you lost yeah. it. What's in the violin case? Well, it's the violin. It's violin. Right. The violin. But you lost it. Did you ever find it? I haven't. But there there is a a, a warrant <laughs> out. <laughs> I accidentally set it on the back of my car oh. when I was in a rush trying to get to a show, and as I drove onto the freeway, I realized that I had left it on top of mm. the car. And when I went to look, it was gone. It's That's gone. such a bummer. So there is a reward. <laughs> if you happen to find it, there are telltale signs that it was mine. So, Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's such a bummer. It sounded like. But since then, since then, Cherie has, uh, for my birthday last year, gave me a new violin case. So we have a new one. Good. So uh, it's been reconstructed thanks to thanks to Cherie. Oh, good. (laughs) Very nice. I was hoping so because I was hoping you were going to say that at least you got another one. Yeah. 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 Good. Because yeah. that's a pretty fun, it is pretty fun, fun little tool, and I loved but, your description of loading your gig bag. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, that's. I never really thought about a band member needing certain things when they go to a show. Yeah, you know that was that was um, one of the first exercises. It, I realized that you know if I'm gonna tell this story, I guess I should really get detailed, mm-hmm. and so I I just was sitting there looking at my gig bag and the gig bag of course is everything it's it's the backpack that I take to a show and uh it goes t- with me to every show uh Carrie has his own version and Christopher has his own version um 
but mine is you know practice pad inside super glue to super glue blisters and the first aid kit and a headlamp when it's dark and mm-hmm. um I, I, you know your shirt and tie about, i wish wear a shirt and tie and mm-hmm. um drumsticks for practice pad. you know it's just yeah. all of those things and um as i started to unpack everything and look at them each one of those particular things has a memory attached to it each one of those things has its own story mm-hmm. and i thought oh my gosh what have i got, gotten myself into here? <laughs> and, and and even more so is anybody wanna, gonna want to read that no i mean again that exercise of of trying to you know what is that mundane is it mundane is there really something beautiful about a first aid kit? Mm-hmm. You know, well, certainly there is if there's a story attached to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you can make it, you know, it's the it's the blood degree. on the symbols. Yeah. yeah. Story. Who knew? Oh my gosh. Right. Play so hard, he bleeds. That's right. <laughs> Gotta watch Such out. Such energy. <laughs> I love. There was a part in the book. I think it's in your memories chapter where you talk about writing on the desk door. And then you have a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, every wall is a door. And then your quote is, every door is a desk. And uh, so you write on a door. Yeah. And then you have, you explain the many uses of a door. Right. That yeah. I cool. love that because there are so many different meanings of a door, mm-hmm. you know, a door is opening and a door closes yeah. and, and it opens new new journeys and it, and I just that was very insightful that was like kind of the Winnie Pooh Tao what, what, what's that book <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember Winnie that the book Pooh? there was that book of Tao or oh, uh, oh, the no. Tao of Pooh I think the Tao of Pooh yeah it just yeah. had that and I was like oh I love this oh, yeah that was very sweet yeah it was fun uh, um, I uh, literally at that time I did not have a desk yeah. And my friend, uh, um, I think I call him Agamemnon mm-hmm. in the book, but it's actually my friend Scott Haynes. Yeah. Um, gave me a, a door from his rafters, and and it, and I put it up on milk crates in one of my early houses, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I still have it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have great doors in your house. Apparently, you've got a, a round door? A hobbit door. Um, I I had a round door. Oh, um, okay. I do have round gates right now. I I did live in a house where I had constructed a real round hobbit door. Which is so fun. Which was fun. Um, yeah. But it's odd, and I don't. No one really ever thinks of this. Or at least I didn't when I was constructing. I thought I'm going to put a round door in this wall. <laughs> And then I thought, okay, well, I better go. Well, I'm six. I'm six one. So I guess we're going to want that to be six, <laughs> six four, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you you measure yourself how tall you are, and then you go, well, wait a second, it's round. It's got to be a minute, that that's wide. Six four <laughs> wide, right? So the diameter is th- that's a wall. <laughs> right. And then you understand why hobbits had well, they were small. <laughs> right. They were little guys. So. <laughs> I actually saw that studio. Oh, you, yes, you, you did. had it on the studio tour. That's right. Oh, yeah. and, that, and it was really cool and got a lot of attention from people that were out on the studio yeah, tour. Yeah, that was a that was a fun day. I remember mm-hmm. that day. Very that was creative. Fun. That's yes, cool. Yes, it was very creative. Yeah. Oh. Well, how, what do you feel is next for you, Michael? When this book is out, will you go out on tour and promote it? Yeah, we're actually talking about a, a tour right now. Um, it, it does. It hasn't really formulated yet, mm-hmm. um, uh, but we are talking about doing a bit of a tour for the book. Um, 
I'm hoping uh, we're talking about the the book launch, and I'm not. It seems obvious that the rub should probably play the book launch, but right. then I thought, well, I don't know that I want to play the book launch. Right. Um, so oh, yeah, because you would have to play too. Duh. Well, I'd have to play. I'd have to work. I'd <laughs> yeah. have to go work then you'd and be, bleed yeah. on the symbols. You'd be oh yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. You'd be gigging at Gigmentia. Yeah, I'd be yeah, gigging, gigging at Gigmentia. Gig- I don't want yeah. to do that's that. That's a lot. No. That's way too many gigs that's in one gig. <laughs> that's a lot of gigs. Um, Maybe you get the rubbish to take your place. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. But yeah, um, we're we're talking about a bit of a tour, but I don't really know what that looks mm-hmm. like right now. Um, mm-hmm. Really, the the thing that we're working on right now is. Uh, uh, New Earth is in. Um, uh, Wanted to bring that up. New right. Earth and the New Earth is in development for TV right now. Right, that's awesome, uh, and that's really exciting and mm-hmm. vexing all at the same time. It's a, a it's world a I don't in- understand very well, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like right when I get my my fingernails into it, it shifts into something different, and yeah. I don't know what it means. And yeah, um, but I am learning a lot, and. Uh, but it, it, I'm. It's looking great. So Good. We're moving forward pretty quickly. Oh, Good. that's exciting! Yeah. Yay! Yeah. It's finally starting to gel. Well, yes. In in fact, the script is is fantastic. We just went through some new script changes, and mm-hmm. now we're moving into uh, more into the pr- pitch process. So you mm-hmm. know, things are changing all the time. It's such yeah. a process that it's so hard to explain. Right. Um, I could talk about things like attachments and what producers do and mm-hmm. how pitches work and mm-hmm. who gets in and it's it's um and not one of it would be accurate not one <laughs> thing that i would say would be accurate <laughs> and i yeah. probably still wouldn't understand yeah that. it's I, just yeah we know it takes yeah. a long time yeah, yeah. It, it, does. it doesn't happen overnight it does right but so the reception they, of the trilogy is fantastic and so that, great. that we're really excited to bring it to people and in, awesome. in that visual way so. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's been fun to talk to Kristen about, you know, dreaming about who, which actor might play which part. Yeah. And that's been kind of fun. To Casting's a blast. Oh, I would yeah. love to, I'm an armchair cast, uh, yeah. casting director. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to do that all the time. I'll, I'll be watching a show on, on Netflix or something. Oh, that guy, that guy can play Locke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I know that you, um, you actually met Vigo Mortensen and I was I able to talk to him a little bit. Um and he, I, well, you tell the story. Well, it's a very little bit, very little bit. But um, when, when I had my first, uh, just as I was finishing the, the final draft for the first book, um, I learned that he was playing in, or he was actually appearing before a, a movie to do a Q&A in Sandpoint. Mm-hmm. And I was so just enthusiastic about what I was doing and so excitable and uh, filled with like, this youthful like oh he'll he i've got to give him a copy of this book i want him to play one of the characters <laughs> right <laughs> and i would never i mean had i seen uh, any if i see anyone of any particular fame or in that industry sitting and eating dinner with their family i would never approach them but right. i figured he's doing a q a he's working yeah and if he's, he's working not. i'm working yeah right. so i'm gonna I, that was my justification That's in fact right. i even told him that when i met him i said i see you're working <laughs> I see you're working. I wouldn't approach you if otherwise. And uh, I actually gave him a three ring binder Mm. with all of my notes in the margin. I mean, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. (laughs) Um, But we stood there and, you know, he's a, I obviously I'm I'm not even acquainted with him, right? Uh, so I don't know him at all. But what I do know is the energy he gave off and his genuine. Gosh, thank you for sharing that with me. Was so 
Yeah. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he could have done a lot of things, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He was very, very kind and, and, and ended up, uh, it was, I think it was three months later, he sent me a postcard from um, Spain mm-hmm. uh, telling me that he appreciated the book and liked it, and but he couldn't appear because he had, you know, or he couldn't entertain helping to develop it because he was in the middle of 15 yeah. other things. And mm-hmm. yeah. So now I'm really angry with him. <laughs> because dead to him. Now you're yeah. dead to him. <laughs> and no. he didn't send you the manuscript back. No, oh. he didn't send oh, me the manuscript. Dang it. Oh, my oh, goodness. Boy. We ended up sending him a, a, one of the early scripts, though, and he wrote us another note. Oh. In, in fact, writing a, a, helped us put a, a review together. So I like to think in my uh, very small mind that he is he's a huge fan yeah oh there so you go that's, hey, that he, keeps me going he right. didn't have to write at anything so <laughs> that's right see? he didn't I know I yeah. love that yeah, so that's yeah. nice yeah <laughs> that's exciting and he's got a place up in Clark Fork which is really cool yeah, yeah. I don't he know left, if he still does but I don't know either I don't I either I heard that he did move to Spain Spain but, yeah. Um, Spain yeah. yeah but anyway well, we we love the book, yeah. and we're excited for the book to be out for the public right in March. And we're excited for whatever you end up doing with the book launch, because we know it will be great, and we know we'll be invited. Yes, you will. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're we're uh, we're having some fun, you know, looking that direction, and yeah. It's going to be fun. And what are the rules? And what are the rules? I the know rules. what they are. The rules of music. The rules of music. That also makes me laugh because I, I bet I asked them the last time we interviewed the rub. Yeah. What are the rules? Uh, yeah. I was like, what are some of the songs you don't want to play or that you do want to play? And oh, then yeah. I, I'm sure it was, they said these, these five songs. <laughs> oh, well, yes, they shift around. The rules is a, kind of a, a, a little shtick that we do from time to time in the middle. And it's usually... Um, if there's a, a a particular sort of Karen-esque yes. kind of person that's screaming songs at us, or more often screaming at Christopher, right. and demanding that we play this play at it. this moment with her hands on her hips and oh. with full fervor. Oh, boy. And, and so we, we have to kind of sometimes kind of put our foot down and say, okay, we know you're really excited, but we have to tell you there are five songs we don't play. Yes. It's not that we can't play them. We just have decided it's, that we don't play yeah. them. Yeah. And the incredulous responses that we actually are saying, no, we don't want to play these songs. There, it's only five in the canon yeah. of all rock Come and roll. On, we right. usually say we, there's five we don't play, but we'll play everything else, else, even if we don't know it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so You'll it's jam. sort of like this, this, this agreement with an audience to be able to say, look, we got, can we just have five that yeah, we don't want to play? Us pray. You'd be amazed at how angry people get when you say, no, nah, we don't play Sweet Home Alabama. People in the back are, what the what? fuck? Yeah, right? <laughs> you don't want? Right? Why not? Get out of here! You know? It's, it's insane. It, that is you know, insane. I've seen people throw shit at us. You know, they're crazy. throwing stuff. And, or, or if we'll say, you know, or we don't play Brown Eyed Girl, and then there's always some, you know, oh, oh in the background. Oh, oh my. Uh, so we don't play Brown Eyed Girl. It's not that we don't love the song. It's an amazing song. So sweet. Hello, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely marvelous pieces of music that have changed the world, right? Yeah. We don't play old time rock and roll. Yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I, it's an amazing recorded song. Bob Seger is an absolute genius. Yeah. The song is yeah. compelling. Put it on the radio. Yeah. It, get the CD. <laughs> But we just don't play it. Right. Uh, uh, Mustang Sally. 
Yep. I love that song. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Um, but I've played it so many times that there's just some little bit of magic. And then th- we usually say there's one more song we and don't And they play. know what it is. And don't it's they whatever know? the one they just requested right. that you don't they'll, feel they'll like They'll say, playing. taking care of business. And we'll go, that's the <laughs> that's one. That's the one. <laughs> or they'll say, free bird. Yeah. And we'll say, that's the one. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh. So Every time I hear thing. Mustang Sally, it takes me right back to... Um, Chelsea's. Oh gosh, I love Chelsea's. Listening to the band play Mustang Sally, and I'd get out there and dance with just about anybody that wanted to dance. (laughs) Chelsea's was that pub up on um, 4th Street, Mm -hmm. and that was where I played my very first gig at 17 years old. Is that right? And I used to stand. Um, I would go as soon as I got my driver's license um, I would stand by the back door and I'd go there as often as I could on Fridays and Saturday nights and I'd go by myself and I'd Mm -hmm. just go and I'd listen to the bands they'd leave that back door open in the summer so Mm -hmm. you could see the bands it was just right up to the stage and I'd stand there and finally they let me get up and play and so I would go back a lot and they oh that kid's here again <laughs> and so I'd get up and play these songs just struggling through these weird little blues songs and these oh, older right. guys that were all whacked out it just they wow. were completely trashed most right. of the time yeah. as, as any good blues musician should be yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was fantastic it was just fantastic I that they let Chelsea's. me up and do that I, that was my hangout yeah. yeah, I probably saw you, but I probably there's a good chance of it. Don't, yeah, would not remember, and that is another. I think they call that alchemensha. <laughs> alchemensha. <laughs> there's. I think there's a more technical term. But, yeah, right. uh, yeah, we could use that. That's a safer term. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, boy, that's well, fun. Well, you've, you've had quite a career, and the fact that you're not only a great musician, but a great writer, and you've maybe inspired new musicians to play the drums mm-hmm. till they bleed. Right, till they bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and then this book really is a, is, is a sweet read. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... It's, and the uh, tenderness that you have about yeah. your mom is it's is sweet really and and about fatherhood and everything about mm-hmm. and friendship and just kind of you know and what it's like to actually be a working musician right and it's not all easy and right. it's not all you know I don't know I like the, the list of things that um, that you never understand about a musician and what's that uh, well they're not in music to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. And well, there are some. Some do. Oh, I'm sure there I know, are some. I know people that, yeah. are, that's, that's, you know, you could even listen to old jazz musicians. You know, they talk, hey, I picked up the horn so I could get some. <laughs> and they are absolutely blatant about it. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that either. But not all. Yeah. Right. But I love this one. Not being famous is actually okay for them. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. They're artists. And artists are weird. I can totally attest to that. Mm-hmm. And music isn't a dream. It's a way of life. And just because you haven't heard of us doesn't mean we aren't successful. Hmm. There are many more levels of musician than starving artist and chart-topping superstar. And keeping time means something very different to us, to, to you guys, yeah. to you in particular, because you are the timekeeper of mm-hmm. the band. Yeah, that, and that uh, yet again lent itself back into this idea of memory, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to keep time. Um, mm-hmm. As a drummer, that's what you kind of do. You have to 
you've got you you know you, you keep that timeline and everybody's dancing to it and the band is playing on the line that you provide and if if you lose it you're not there you know yeah mm-hmm. and then keeping time by journaling and keeping memories which is great and I wish I would have journaled more in my life because I don't remember a lot of things right I mean I can look at a picture of my life and go I kind of remember that and it happens more often than not people will say you were there and I go hmm, I don't really remember that maybe if I had journaled more I would remember more maybe. Yeah, and as I we like get older so. as like we get older so. I think it's important to jot it down and I like w- the way you do it just one sentence might right. be enough yeah right. and I, I did a lot of like scribbling and, and um, you know I'll do quick sketches from mm-hmm. time to time it, it, because before phones the ubiquity of this you know this I you know yeah I would just do a quick sketch and that was fun actually being able to include yeah. like just little things that were right out of the journal which was fun mm-hmm. um, that was Michael's idea and Very he said, nice. Dad, you should probably do that. And I yeah. said, Are you sure? And he said, yeah. smart <laughs> kid. Yeah. Yeah. He is yeah, smart. He's a pretty smart kid. He's a pretty smart Well, kid. I would like to toast to um, you and yes. your oh, book. Kind of yes. And to our 75th episode. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Cheers. Yay. Cheers. And thank you to our producer, Kristen. Yes, Kristen. Thank we you. We couldn't do it without you. And to Janie, our sometimes producer. That's right. Our fill-in producer. And, uh, and to, loving it, too. That's right. And to the Arts and Culture Alliance for allowing us to do this. Yep. Not allowing us. That sounds terrible, but letting us or providing us with how this about up? humoring us <laughs> <laughs> that's the one <laughs> ding ding alright 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 well until next year yep and we'll see you next season we've got um, already got some great ideas for people to talk to so we're excited to bring all of that to you and so um, happy Thanksgiving Merry Christmas happy Valentine's Day happy Hanukkah uh, Shalom <laughs> Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. And all the other holidays in between. And we'll see you in 2023. That's right. And I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. And maybe do some journaling. And maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. The Allie and Callie Artcast is a program of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by NIA. North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted coffee.